This Rise and Shine podcast series has been made possible by the generosity of the Zeitelman Family Foundation. We are grateful to Sherry Savette of Bryn Mawr, Pennsylvania for sponsoring this episode. This is Rise and Shine, a podcast that offers timeless wisdom and uplifting meditations to fill your heart, feed your soul, and start your day on a positive note. Here is Adrian Gold Davis. There's a story in the Talmud about Rabbi Shimon ben Shetach, who lived in the Second Temple period, and he was the president of the Sanhedrin, which is the rabbinic high court. Here's the story. Rabbi Shimon had purchased a donkey from a non-Jewish fellow, and was riding back to Jerusalem when one of his students found a rare and valuable gem in one of the saddlebags. Halfway to Jerusalem, Rabbi Shimon, without even thinking twice, immediately turns the donkey around and heads back to find the original owner of the donkey. But you bought the donkey with the saddlebags, exclaimed one of his students. Isn't anything found in them rightfully yours? I paid for a donkey, replied Rabbi Shimon. I did not pay for such a valuable gem. After journeying back to their point of origin and restoring the priceless gem to the original owner, this non-Jewish man, clearly overcome by Rabbi Shimon's integrity, exclaimed, Blessed is the God of Rabbi Shimon ben Shetach. I tell you this story because only a year after I learned it, something very similar happened to me. And because of the lessons I'd learned from that story, I made a risky but ultimately satisfying decision. Let me explain. When my kids were about 15 and 11 years old, I drove a really hideous minivan, which I had actually purchased. It was already eight years used when I got it, because I drove this carpool five days a week back then, and there was no less than four boys in it at any one time, and a couple of days a week, there were actually six boys, and the seats and the floors were littered with wrappers and empty cups, and chips were crushed into dust underfoot, and frankly, it smelled vaguely like a gymnasium. But oh, how I loved that van. See, in my pajamas, with my coat over them while I was driving them to school, it felt kind of like an extension of my bed. I always had the heat on high in the winter, and it was like a kind of cocoon of safety and security because I didn't ever have to worry about it. If someone hit me in a parking lot, doesn't matter. And it certainly wasn't about the status or the aesthetics, and I liked it that way. On those early mornings, as the silence or the grunting of teenage boys serenaded me, I felt blessed to do the kind of work for a living that allowed me the ability to drive them early in the mornings, wish them a good day, and to feel like they could depend upon me. Now, one morning, I finished drop-off at 7.45 in the morning and was making my way to the stop sign at the end of the street where the school was. And as I sat at the stop sign, I saw an extremely dilapidated car moving around the corner without braking, and I saw that it was careening directly towards me. And I remember seeing the wide, terrified eyes of the two young men driving the car, and I instantly knew that their brakes had failed and that I was about to be hit. 
And as is the way in this sort of thing, it all happened in a split second, and I froze like a deer in the headlights and braced for collision. And it happened. And in their wide turn, they plowed into me on the driver's side, crushing that door in and coming to a stop. And I was, thank God, unhurt. So these guys jumped out of their vehicle, and it was then that I saw clearly that these were not, in fact, young men, but only boys, like my son's ages, and that they were terrified. They saw that the driver's door wouldn't open, so they came around and helped me out of the passenger side, and we stood staring at each other mutely, all of us in shock. But within less than three minutes, those ubiquitous tow truck drivers converged on the scene, all vying for business. And the neighbors came out of their houses and their bathrobes, and they stood on their lawns, quickly assessing the situation and, of course, weighing in. Call the police! Someone call the police! One of them called loudly. Lady, you're going to need a tow. I'll come back when the police arrive. Lady, did you call 911? And it buzzed around me. But my eyes stayed locked with these two boys, and suddenly... I just knew. Quietly, I turned to them and said, You don't have any insurance, do you? No, ma'am, they said, shaking their heads and wringing their hands. And I said, let me guess. You don't even have a driver's license, do you? No, ma'am, they said. And the younger one burst into tears. We bought this car for $200, but our grandpa made us leave it in the garage until we were old enough, you know, under our building. But we saved up so much to buy it, and we just wanted to drive it once. We wanted to try it, so we waited till my mom left for work, and everyone was still asleep, and we took it out for a ride. We only live a few blocks from here. And when they told me their address, I knew I was probably out of luck, because the housing complex they resided in was notoriously poor and underprivileged. But these boys, they were respectful and they were gentle. Okay, stupid, but gentle. And right before my eyes, I saw that what I did in that moment was going to matter more than anything I had ever done or that they had ever learned from. By this point, the neighbors are gathering close to listen and they are screaming at me, you idiot. Call the police. They totaled your van. It probably wasn't the first time and likely won't be the last. You teach these kids a lesson. You know the drill. And in that moment, all I saw were my own sons, similar ages and stages. And I understood that this wasn't part of some nefarious pattern of hoodlum ways. These boys were my boys. And what I did would change the trajectory of their worldview and their police records. Listen, I said to them, you guys made a serious error in judgment not obeying your grandfather. What you have done could prevent you from getting a driver's license when the time comes. It will certainly prevent you from being insurable, and it might even give you a police record. So here is what I'm going to do. I am late for work. I must leave now. I am not calling the police, but you're going to pay me every cent of what it costs to repair this door, whatever it costs, however long it takes you to repay me. You're going to repay me, and you will find that money in a legitimate and legal manner. 
Now, I'm giving you my name and my phone number at work, and by the time I get there, I expect to hear from you or your mother or your grandfather, some adult, and then we will figure out a plan. The tow truck driver started to scream at me, I'm calling the police if you won't, and the neighbors called me a fool. You'll never see a red cent from them. And I gave the boys my name and number, and on a hunch, I said this to them. Do you know who I work for? No, they answered. I pointed my finger up to the heavens and I said, God, I work for God. I work in a synagogue. With their look of confusion, I understood that they didn't know what a synagogue was. I said, I work in a Jewish church. Now, go home and leave your old car for the tow truck. And in one hour, I expect to hear from you with a plan. And my car, despite the door being crushed, still drove just fine. And I left. When I arrived at work 40 minutes later, I went to my desk to hang up my coat and change my shoes. And I noticed the message button was blinking, so I thought I'll pick up my message. Or should I say messages? Because there were five of them from those kids. One from the grandfather, one from the grandmother, two from their aunties, and one from the two of them. They were going to be taking a collection at their church for these boys who had made a serious but typically youthful mistake. And do you know that I was repaid every single cent of that repair? And they told me, Blessed are you and the God that you worship. Now, this is not to say that all criminal acts should go unpunished, nor is it to say that I was right in my choice or that this whole story couldn't have ended very differently. I just wanted very badly to be part of the solution, not part of the problem. And so I ask you, this week... Can you remember the lessons of Rabbi Shimon ben Shetach and look for opportunities to make a positive affirmation of the God we believe in by acting with your highest self? Can you find ways to just choose the high road, to take a chance on seeking restitution but not revenge? Because every time we model that sort of greatness, God is sanctified. And so are you. And so are our entire people. Thanks for listening to Rise and Shine. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to Momentum Podcasts on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Join Adrian again next time for more timeless wisdom and uplifting meditations that fill your heart, feed your soul, and start your day on a positive note. This podcast was sponsored by the Zeitelman Family Foundation. Spread the wisdom. Inspire Jewish individuals around the globe by supporting Momentum's podcasts. To sponsor, contact podcast at MomentumUnlimited.org. You're listening to a Momentum podcast. For unlimited inspiration, wisdom, and empowerment, visit MomentumUnlimited.org.